Hello everyone and welcome back to the Northumbria Politics Society podcast. After a short hiatus for the summer break, we're back with our first episode of our second series for the new academic year. Don't forget all our episodes from the previous series are available to stream on Spotify, Anchor, Google Play or however you choose to listen. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Northumbria Politics Society and on Twitter at PulseUpPod. So I'd like to start by explaining our change of host for the new academic year as Jack has now graduated and finished university I am now joined by a brand new co-host who I will who I will introduce shortly but I'd just like to thank Jack for all of his hard work and enthusiasm and if it wasn't for him we certainly wouldn't be sat here recording today so thank you Jack and we wish you all the best of luck with your adventures after university and we will definitely have you back on the show soon as I know how much love you have for this podcast so without further ado, <laughs> welcome to the podcast, Flynn Charnley. Hello. It's so lovely to have you here for our second series. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, well, I mean, I, I'm a second year student, so, you know, it's a good time at the minute. Not third year as I keep No, it's not, not quite. Not Maybe next year, but, you know, I might do a year out instead. So. Oh, Just, very you know, interesting. Extend the uh, time of unemployment. Cool, is, is I definitely key. recommend that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't get a job, don't grow up. I don't want to, you see. PhD, I think. (laughs) Dr. Flinch. Yeah, it's got a ring to it. My brother got it, so I kind of have to, I have to beat him, you You see. You do, sibling rivalry. Mm, So how are you? How's your week going so far? It's not going badly, as you can probably tell, a bit sniffly. Um, Oh, fresh as flu. Yeah, four weeks in, it's uh, it's bad. I know, the time has actually flown, I can't believe it's four weeks. I know, honestly. It's gone so quickly. The amount of um, lectures I've attended. Not very many. <laughs> no, I've attended most, bar one. Good. So it's good. It's good. Yeah, me too, bar one. Yeah. I was very ill, so yeah, I think it can be same. It's new place, new people. You're bound to get ill. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, definitely. So I feel like you can feel the energy in the room today. I know. Because we've just come fresh from the library. We were watching Ooh. Liz Truss's resignation. We were. It was very short and sweet. Literally, it lasted about five minutes. But, oh my goodness, we're so excited to be here. We'd prepared so much. I know. Like, I, info on this trust. I, I was doing so much reading about her the other night. I was I, like... Yeah, I feel like we still say what we had to say. Yeah, I mean, my, I think like the title of my note still stands. It literally says Liz Truss hyphen what a mess. And it's still so accurate. So true. I did, I captioned mine, Liz Truss. So we could not do a politics podcast and not start off by talking about Liz Truss. I know. Because we do have other things to, to talk, talk about. about yeah. It's not just going to be Liz Truss, but predominantly. Predominantly, yeah. Truss is on the agenda, so to speak. Definitely. So, obviously, bear in mind that she has now resigned as of about an hour ago. Yeah. Um, But she was Prime Minister for just 43 days. That's a, that's a good run. <laughs> <laughs> the ca- she not. was beaten by, is it a cabbage or a lettuce? The lettuce, the lettuce. Yeah, She's yeah. been beaten by, by a lettuce. lettuce, which is you know maybe he should become prime minister. You know if he managed to pull that off, you know. Lettuce could, for PM. Who, who is going to be next? Ah, uh, it's a it's an incredible question, isn't it? Really. I really like Charles Walker. I know, but he was so upset last night. I don't think he could he could deal with it. True, and he did say he was going to leave, didn't he? Yeah. So he was going to. He was like, yeah. I've I've never seen it this bad. I think his enthusiasm is so important, though. I think that's what we need. And he's got that complete different viewpoint from the Conservative Party. The, con- the, the Conservative right, so to speak, of which yeah. Truss was the uh, embodiment of. But she did previously re- vote for Remain, which I think is really interesting, that yeah. she came from that Remain side. Remain side. Yeah. So it's almost like she, she already had like an uphill battle with the, the Tory right because Definitely. she had to kind of prove yeah. that she wasn't still a Remainer. So you saw Charles Walker on television last night. I One did. of the things that he said was... I have had enough of talentless people. Yeah, I know. What, what a, a strong what statement. It's incredible. Yeah. 
and then Chris Mason, the BBC political mm-hmm. editor, who me and Flynn are massive fans of. Yeah. Um, Northern guy, through and through. Oh, that's I what we want. We yeah. need some more of this Northern representation. Absolutely. He's brilliant. Um, he's just so down to earth. And he says it how it is. And I think that's what you need with the political exactly. editor. And um, he's quoted on saying, the dysfunction is too profound. The outrage among conservatives is too loud for any sense of serenity to return. So I think that's how we've ended up with this with resignation. This resignation yeah. yeah. But it, it almost doesn't, you know, kind of solve anything because it's just going to be another little leadership election. Yeah, which is exactly what I said because I put on my notes I've got like options now snap election yeah but the Tories didn't want like obviously don't want because of the, the polls I don't know if you send them but it's just Shocking. it's like what they're gonna get eight seats or something yeah. like that it's like ooh <laughs> so bad and then I've also put like she could attempt to continue but as many of her own MPs have described her actions as unforgivable terrible and appalling it's hard to see how she can continue with such low support and obviously this has been proved by the yeah. an hour ago so yeah and then I've also put if they were to have another leadership election which is what's gonna happen mm-hmm. now um their mandate would be so low, it would be even more undemocratic than trust already is. And yeah. could just create more turmoil without actually solving the problem at hand. I think that's it. And I think for them to have to now install someone, they've got to really find some sort of unity candidate to really bring the two sides of the party together. Nobody really comes to mind. No. I mean, it's, I mean, obviously, like, Sunak would be a top choice, but Labour, the Tory right don't really like him that much. Yeah. They see him as a, as a traitor for what he did to our boy Boris. And did you say that Jeremy Hunt's not going to run? Yeah, he, he's signed himself out. I think he just wants to stay as Chancellor, you know. He's he, probably happy with that. Yeah, he's like, I don't want that job anymore. Well, did you see that Sky News reporter and she referred to Jeremy Hunt as the new Prime Minister by accident? Oh, I mean, <laughs> it's really incredible, bad. yeah. And yeah. it's like when Grant Shapps got appointed yesterday, mm-hmm. he made no mention to Liz Truss. He just talked about Jeremy Hunt. <gasps> he was like, yeah, we've done mistakes in this government, but luckily Jeremy Hunt's here to solve them. It was something like that. Oh, and it was such goodness. a backhanded, like you know, assessment of the situation. That's really bad. Um, so, yeah, we'll have to see where it goes from here, but it definitely isn't over. It's only just begun. Really. Yeah. She's gone, but not yet. She, she's gone, but not forgotten. <laughs> 43 days. <laughs> um, I mean, she did a lot in her time. She really, you know... I mean, I'm not saying it was good. She did a lot and then undid a lot. Yeah, that's true, actually. There was a lot of U-turns. There was a lot of U-turns. She made some roundabouts, as the British are famous for, I reckon. She's probably really good at donuts. So oh, like that. that's it. Yeah, that's all she's done. <laughs> she's going round and round and round. Yeah, so really interesting one. Yeah. Let's not dwell on it for too much, because I'm sure the news is just going to be It's going to be, yeah. This. We should, if we come back tomorrow, it'll be a whole, whole different like landscape Absolutely. situation. yeah. But I think next week they said they're going to have a new leader. Like the leadership elect, I think the leadership election's happening next week. Wow. So that's quick. It's a quick turnaround. Uh, I I don't know if it's been announced yet, but I wonder if it's going to be just the, the members of parliament who get to vote in it this time. Maybe. Rather than opening up to the whole. Members. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to move on to the Iran protests and the revolution that's going on now? Yeah. So you've probably seen the really powerful images and videos of women removing their headscarves and cutting their hair in public to protest against the incredibly poor treatment of women in Iran, especially by the police and other institutions. It's all over the media. There's no way you you can't you can't have missed it yeah. now. So do you know how the protest started? Like how I know started? roughly, but if you'd yeah. wanna yeah, absolutely. So the protest started after the death of the 22 year old Massa Amini. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I would have said it the same way. Yeah. Yeah, she was arrested and detained by Iranian morality police. So the fact that they have morality police I know. there is just because when I read about this, I was like, what what are the morality police actually doing? And it's just like this kind of subsect of the police which go around and they're just like making sure like all the the uh, religious laws are upheld, and that's just like just crazy. 
it's an yeah. it's incredible system almost. So after she was detained by Iranian morality police, she spent three days in a coma in hospital before sadly passing away. And her family has come out to say they've received many death threats from the Iranian authorities after her death. Mm-hmm. Which it's just shocking. And her death has triggered civil unrest in Iran, with the latest report saying nine women have now lost their lives. I also saw something about um, a young boy as well that had lost his life. Really? Being shot in the protest. So I definitely have to read a little bit more into that. Yeah. But, um, so nine women and now this young boy as well. And it, it does seem like it's uh, not, it's almost dispor- disproportionately like towards younger people, the people who are dying. Like, seems like the protesters are very youthful. It's like the younger generation are out on the streets, yeah. especially students. There's been a lot of uh, unrest, I think, in like the university campuses oh, wow. and stuff. I know a lot of it's spread by social media, mm-hmm. which can often facilitate this so, sort of social media. Yeah. So it says that the unrest has now spread to more than 20 major cities, including the capital, Tehran. Mm-hmm. Videos posted online from Wednesdays in Russia showed women waving their headscarves in the air or burning them, saying no to the headscarf, no to the turban, yes to freedom and equality. And in an address to the UN General Assembly, US President Joe Biden said Americans stood with the brave women of Iran who are now demonstrating to secure their basic rights. Yeah. But I was actually reading a little bit more into this, and I didn't know that the movement actually began back in 2013 when a woman, again, I'm going to try and pronounce her name. Okay. Mazi Alinjad. Yeah, so she shared a photograph of herself driving on a mountain road in Iran enjoying the simple freedom of the wind in her hair as she'd removed her hijab. She named the movement hashtag my freedom and this was predominantly a social media movement opposed to the mandatory wearing of a headscarf. So again, this was back mm-hmm. in 2013. Um... So it's quite interesting to see that nine years on, things have become more violent and nowhere closer to a change. Uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like there's been much change or much leeway on that. So it should also be mentioned that the Iranian government has a very tight control over state television. So many of the images we see in our media of the protests are simply not being televised in Iran. They manipulate the, the truth. truth. Yeah, yeah. I, I read this Amnesty International report and it was about this young 16-year-old blogger. Uh, but she, she'd gone out to, to join the protest and, like, record it. And she'd, she'd come... Uh, she never came home. She'd, she died in the protest. And uh, the state police reasoning behind it was she actually fell from a building. But then in, Amnesty International got, like, hold of her autopsy reports. And there's, like, loads of, like, blunt force traumas to the head. So, obviously, she hasn't fallen from yeah. the state's, you know, version of the story from a building rather than she was, like, involved in a violent protest. Yeah, so again, they're manipulating yeah. the truth completely. Amnesty International are a really great organisation to get the yeah, sources from. Great that they can be on the ground with them as well. Definitely. Protesting with them. So it's shocking, and it's going to be really interesting to see how this evolves, because yeah. I can't see any way for things... To, to change within, like, the, the system of that, that government, because it yeah. is very... It's all well and good, like, Joe Biden standing in the UN and saying, we condemn this. Yeah, it doesn't bring around any meaningful change yeah absolutely quite quite a sad situation but an important one nonetheless yeah really important all to do with freedom and women's rights which is all too often being in the media yeah um, um i was reading that it, it resonates so so well with lots of different women over there just because they all have seen themselves as the as messini mahasa amini Yes. Is that right? They, they, oh, they've all been in her position of being stopped by the morality police. Yeah. So they all understand that the problem is is like so potent. So they want to try and help change that, which is why it's led to these mass youth protests. Do you know what I've just thought of as well? You know, in France, Macron was trying to ban the hijab. Yes. But over there, they're saying has to be worn, has to be enforced. 
how interesting that you've got these sort of like polarized polarized viewpoints of it very, for very different reasons but that one is fighting for the right to wear the hijab and one yeah. is fighting for the, the right, right to, to choose yeah to have the option um yeah really interesting that yeah. in both different countries they're saying quite different things yeah and both revolving around a similar issue around the hijab yeah so we'll have to see how this goes on i think with everything that's going on with trust at the moment this has definitely been buried a bit further. 100 percent to dig a bit more to find this and that's all to do with like the way that our media also sets the agenda of what we need um like if you go on the bbc news like homepage, it's all uk politics oh i mean today it'll literally just be what went wrong with trust yeah you know who's gonna be the next who's gonna be the next prime minister is gonna be the most read news story of today definitely um yeah i know so it's crazy and another story that's kind of being pushed to the bottom of the agenda but is actually really important as well yeah is the train strikes over workers rights and pay um, so it's been announced that there'll be further strikes in November as Network Rail staff prepare to strike over the working conditions and pay. The action is planned for the 3rd, 5th and 7th of November with overground and tube staff also striking on the 3rd which is predicted to make travel on these days unadvisable. That was the word they used. Yeah, uh, yeah we don't recommend it. <laughs> yeah. Please don't try. It could be chaotic. <laughs> yeah. Um, so these are members from the RMT, the National Union of Rail, Maritime and Transport Workers, which mm-hmm. is one of the biggest unions in the UK. Yeah, especially especially yeah. in that sector, it's like one of the Definitely. largest ones. No. So you were saying they were going to cut pay, overtime pay. Yeah, they were going to. The, the, so the the reason they're striking is because the uh, National Rail is uh, threatening to cut the overtime pay for the workers, and they're going to just impose night shifts and generally more unsociable hours on just a smaller workforce. So we're going to feel the effects of that more. Yeah. And the workers are now standing up for themselves. They're saying, "Look, we want. We don't want. We understand that there has to be at some point job losses, but we don't want the amount." that you're uh, saying are going to happen mm-hmm. and uh, they, they are really just looking for better working conditions yeah. and better pay because they've had their pay for now effectively I think for the past I don't know like five years I think just with the way the inflation's going as well so even yeah. though the their national pay is going up it's actually yeah. not matching inflation yeah so like National Rail I think they offered them a 3% pay rise it's and with inflation now at ten point one percent, I think yeah. it was announced yesterday. That's now a seven percent pay cut. So yeah. it isn't actually rising; it's it's going down. It's crazy. If I'm sure that if bosses said that to me, yeah, exactly. I would have a similar reaction. Yeah. So as frustrating as it can be when you're trying to get from A to B and you can't, you've got to see it from their point of view. Exactly. Yeah. It must be so difficult when they've got families to support and they can't live on these wages. Exactly. So. I think I think the average uh, pay for the staff member there is about twenty two thousand because it, it isn't just train drivers which run strike. It's like all the the rail maintenance people. Yeah. The cleaners, the bin men, stuff like that. So they're they're literally on minimum wage. The people that honestly, like, without they, them, it they keep run. it running. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And we were saying as well, if you remove those people that work on the trains, the state the, the standard of safety on just, trains is yeah, going to drop. Just decreases. Like you need people. I've got a really good anecdote. So my boyfriend bought his bike from the station in Leeds back yep. up to Newcastle mm-hmm. and on LNER you have to like book your bike in and it yep. gets put in a cupboard that gets locked yep. and then you let them know when you're getting off and they'll meet you and unlock your bike for yeah. you so he arrived in Newcastle mm-hmm. was stood by the cupboard waiting for someone to come with the key Yeah. 
No. And he's thinking, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to go all the way up to Edinburgh. He's going to have to bike back. Yeah, he's going to have to cycle back from Edinburgh. Can you imagine? Oh, it's, like, it's like tour the UK, but tour the North East, you know, I'm sure it'll be lovely. Honestly, so he's like sweating and he's like, oh my God, where is this guy to unlock my bike? And suddenly this guy comes running up to him and he's like, you can off at Newcastle? And he's like, yeah. So I think he held the train up for a bit because there yeah. just wasn't enough staff around. To yeah, exactly, yeah. I think it was something to do with staff illnesses as well. I think mm. you mentioned like, oh, the guy that was meant to take a bike off and got taken ill at Darlington yeah. or whatever. But can you imagine if you didn't have enough staff on yeah, the train? Exactly. Or like wheelchair users that need to get Exa- off with the uh, ramp. Uh, th- that's the whole thing. You, you almost like need that personal touch. You can't just have this automated system where you, you walk into the ticket office, it's on a machine. Yeah. You kind of need that human interaction for like like just circumstances which we often don't think about. Absolutely. Not everybody can just walk on a train and walk off a train. Yeah, exactly. It's that people need help. Exactly. If you take away those workers, then it's, it's going to be difficult. Very so yeah so. I do because you were saying earlier like do you support the strike Cause I'm like, yeah. I just have to think for a second I was like it's really annoying <laughs> but um, yeah overall I think I do in this sector yeah definitely agree. yeah I do I, I honestly think that they, they, they do deserve a pay rise you know the mm-hmm. argument is that the, these companies who own the uh, the railway well not, not own the railways but they're like licensed out so like yeah. Avanti West Coast they're making massive profit and they mm-hmm. they understand that they're making less money now than they were during uh covid mm-hmm. but they're still making a surplus and it's yeah. almost they just want a redistribution of that wealth mm-hmm. of the pro they don't want like the ceo getting like a two million no, exactly. payout they want some of that wealth and I, I think that's entirely understandable i think that's very fair yeah so interesting another thing to keep an eye on all right yeah the people playing mario kart have left so now it's just oh yeah we came in to record this bearing in mind this is like our first episode yeah. we've been <laughs> And where the studio is, there's like um, video games outside. Yeah. And these two guys sat down and they started playing Mario Kart <laughs> really loudly. And I had to go out and try and not be a Karen. Yeah. <laughs> Can you turn it down, please? We're trying to record. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. And they, yeah, they were fine. They were really apologetic. But it was very funny that the first episode so, we tried to record. <laughs> this never happened oh, when Jack know. was oh, here. It's because he, he's probably more intimidating than I am, you see. So he, he scared them off. He scared any Mario Go players off. So we could have had Mario Kart as our intro music. Uh, next next week. Next week. We'll have to get them to come back. We'll <laughs> yeah. They were brilliant. Um, no. nice people. Yeah. I think that's all for this week. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess in two weeks' time, we'll might have a new Prime Minister, which Definitely. would be pretty fun. Yeah. Short mm. and sweet, like Liz Truss's resignation. A bit of premiership <laughs> as well. 43 days. Yeah. Uh, no, our podcast isn't quite 43 days long. No. <laughs> Do you want to end it on just who you think going to be next Prime Minister is? Um, I don't know who I think. I can tell you who I want. Who do you want then? Charles Walker. Charles Walker, okay. I want Charles Walker. Disrespectful. Go on, who do you think it's going to be? Uh, I think Penny Mordaunt's got a really good shot at it. And I think she'd be a very strong opposition to the current uh, Labour leader. Well, she took over PMQs for she, the Prime Minister that didn't yeah. go to PMQs. Oh, she, she, you know, she didn't want to turn up to work that day. You know, we've all, we've all been there. Pulled a sickie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I started to think there was something really wrong because Penny Mordaunt was saying like, oh, I wish I could tell you why she couldn't be here, but she just can't be here to answer your questions. And I'm thinking, oh my God, has like, something gone wrong with like, her family oh, yeah. incident? And then she just appeared as soon as PMQ was over. She yeah. just sauntered into... Well, apparently the official reasoning was that she had a meeting with Sir Graham Brady, mm-hmm. um, the leader of the 1922 committee. And then it was like her meeting lasted a minute because he, he, he was at PMQs at like, I don't know, like, 12 44 let's say yeah and then he'd left for a minute and then he came back 
and then Liz just appeared like 15 minutes later. So obviously mm, he, she didn't dodgy. actually have a meeting with him. At least she wasn't hiding in a fridge like somebody else. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean she was hiding under a desk? Yeah, like, I saw some photoshopped <laughs> stuff of that on Twitter. Yeah. That was brilliant. Twitter is brilliant at the moment, by the way. I'm never oh, coming off Twitter. No. Like last night, just like there when the, uh, the vote went down. So good. Oh, Twitter, what a place to be. What a place to be. <laughs> I think that's all from us. I think that's it, yeah. Yeah. See you in two weeks. Two time. weeks, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Hopefully we'll have a new Prime Minister. Yeah, well, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. So that's bye from me. Bye. Bye.